Um, so he, he says that character is even more important than strategy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now, the things that we've looked at obviously are um, uh, quite generic. Um, uh, the, the characteristics are in, the characteristics that actually are are important in every realm, uh, whether it's in the spiritual or in the natural. But my focus this morning, however, is, is to consider uh, is to consider the importance for you and me as believers of developing a Christ-like character. The principles we've uh, looked at briefly are generic and are important even in the area of our Christian life. Excuse me. Um, and, and so the development of Christ-like character is about more than living by generic principles. It is about becoming like the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and... Um, Sometimes one way of looking at a subject is to consider what it is not. Okay? And so we're going to look at a scripture. I'm going to, we're going to read a scripture and um, together. And then I want to uh, address some thoughts from it. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 23. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick up grapes from thorn bushes or from figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Just move on to the next one. And just remember, this is Jesus that's talking, okay? Okay? Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from you, you who break God's laws. Wow. This is a quite a challenging scripture. Quite a challenging scripture. And may, may I say to you this morning, we need to keep this scripture in mind when we watch any ministry on your TV because what the scripture tells us is that God looks at something far deeper than what is happening on the outward. Even when it is things that seemingly uh, are happening uh, or, and are, uh, uh, individuals are accomplishing in the name of Jesus, yet God is looking at that situation and it may be that even although there are manifestations, although there are miracles, as far as God is concerned, that individual has nothing to do with him. That's a very challenging scripture in how we 
de- uh, 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 make up our minds and decisions regarding individuals and in- uh, regarding ministries. I see what this scripture tells us, okay, it starts off talking about wolves in she- she- sheep, uh, sheep's clothing. We, can, we cannot judge someone simply by outward appearances. We can put on a face. We can put on uh, uh, an act. But God lo- looks deeper. And we have to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, look deeper uh, when we're considering uh, what people are doing or what people are saying to us. Okay. Um, it's not about charismatic ability. We've already talked about that briefly. It's not about whether you can, uh, through your ministry, if you can call it that, okay, uh, the miracles are happening. People have been responding. It's not about that. It's not about merely confessing. Some people, people, it's, uh, God, uh, this is the Lord Jesus. He says, some people will say, Lord, Lord. They they claim to, they claim to uh, uh, believe him as Lord in their lives. But Jesus says, they may not necessarily be what I intend them to be. Very challenging, very challenging. So so character goes beyond that. It's not about how you can, uh, how you are able to. Convince people through your charisma, through your uh, oratory, but it's about what you are inside. And so we, ha- if that is what Jesus says, we need to be very careful in how we judge things and how we, even with regard to our own involvement in the things of God. See, it is God's desire this morning that you and I be conformed to the character, his character. His character. Um, and let me just get my s- slides organized here a little bit. Wow. Where am I? Okay. I don't want to lose my thoughts. Put the next slide up, please. God's desire that we be conformed to his character. Um, Is that the next slide? There's a slide before that. Or maybe the next one is out of order. Go down. Next one. Okay. All right. Okay. Apostle Paul says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then in Romans 12, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God 
desires that you and I be conformed to his character. But not only that is his desire, it says that he is, we are predestined to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's purpose for you and for me. Amen? Hallelujah. See, Christ was, a, was human and divine. Christ was human and divine. He came to demonstrate for us a life totally surrendered to God's will and free from sin. Amen. And so, we are to be conformed to the likeness and the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to demonstrate for us a life totally surrendered to God, a life free from sin. Wow, you, say, you may say that. That, that, that is impossible. Well, the promise of God is that we, he has come to give us the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome our sins, to overcome our inability to maybe live as he would have us to live. In uh, the epistle of John, chapter 2, and it's not, not going to be on the overhead, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. What a challenge. The world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Praise God. Amen. You see, when God says that we are to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not uh, uh, talking about something that's transient, something that's just for a moment. He's talking about something that is permanent. God, when God talks about us being conformed to the character of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a necessity of a, of a change of character and, and conduct. That's going to reflect the reality of the dwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just a change of appearance, but it's a change in essence in our life's experience. A preacher, I don't always agree with some of the things he says, but anyway, he says, This character is the sum of my behaviors. The sum of my behaviors, my public behaviors my private behaviors arranged across the entire spectrum of my life. as a quote by John Maxwell. Now, one of the reasons we, things we've got to remember is that it takes time for the char uh, character of the Lord Jesus Christ to be formed in us. There are things that, there's a process for this to happen. It just doesn't happen like that because we have to be changed. There are things that have to be dealt with. Uh, the Word of God puts it in very dramatic terms. It says, there are things in us which have to be put to death. We've things that have to be put to death inside, uh, within us, within our personalities, uh, within our na natural uh, characteristics. We need, we, we need time, and it, it takes time through... Uh, the the word the Bible talks uh, about uh, uh, us being changed by the washing of the word. 
the cleansing of the Word of God. The Word of God, and the more we take in the Word of God, uh, and the more we, 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 we allow the Holy Spirit to take what we take in from the Word to be uh, uh, activated in our lives, we become changed. We become cleansed. We become washed by the uh, washing of the Word. It, it, it happens through a deliberate commitment to meeting with God, spending time with God in prayer, spending time to seek God and His face. It, and one of the things that happens is it, it, it takes time because God takes us through experiences that help us to recognize the, th the changes that have to take place in our life for him to become number one and uh, for our character to be changed more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, remember um, uh, uh, Abraham? God took him up to Mount Moriah. Anybody know what the story of Mount Moriah is in Abraham? Okay. He took his son Isaac and God says, okay, I'm going to test your faith. Now, Abraham, Abraham had come out of the Earl of Chaldees and all that, okay? And, and, and he'd, he, he, he'd, he's, the Word of God tells us that he, he came out by faith from that place of idolatry. He came out by faith. But yet God took him to the mountain, and the promise of the son in his old age, the, the, his only son, God says, now I want you to sacrifice him. God tested his faith. Wasn't it enough that, God, uh, that Abraham had believed God and he, and he stepped out from, the, uh, from that place of idolatry? God, aren't you pleased enough with that? But God wanted to prove his, char his, his, his character. God wanted to prove his faith. Moses similarly went through difficult experiences before he became a leader. God tested him. Of course, one of the greatest experiences of God testing and proving someone is the story of Joseph. Joseph, uh, you know, was, first of all, put into a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery, tested in Potiphar's house by false accusations, put into prison. <laughs> and yet, through it all, God was working. God was doing something that was building his character, building his God-centered character in his life. And, and so sometimes we go through difficult experiences. Sometimes we, we, we wonder, God, why are you taking me through it? God is taking you through that experience so that your response in that experience can become a building block for <laughs> enabling God's character and, 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 and the the character of the Lord Jesus Christ to be formed in you and in me. There's so many things, you know, there's so many things out there today preaching and it says, you shouldn't have problems. You shouldn't be going through these things. Well, the point is, if you're not going to have problems, I doubt if you're going to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because problems become opportunities for growth in grace in growth in our walk with the Lord and our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to learn to move in the power of the Holy Spirit.
You see, God must become number one in our lives. And character is important. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, we read this, okay? Um, but God removed, Paul was speaking, okay, to, to people, and he was taking them through the history of the Old Testament in order to, to show them how God moved through time and, and, and eventually up to the point where the Lord Jesus Christ came. And so he goes through what the history of the, Jew, uh, of the Jewish people, two Jews, and he says, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, he will do everything I want him to do. You see, the people had asked for a king. We've got to be careful these days. The church has to be careful. Especially in North America, the church needs to be careful. We want a man. We want a king. We want a leader. We want a leader. God gave them, the, allow, allowed them to have the king, but eventually God removed the king because the king, the king that he gave them was not his, his, his perfect will for them. But they had to go through that experience for God to teach them a lesson. God eventually put a man as king uh, over them. Someone, someone, who had a heart that desired the things pleasing to God. Amen? Hallelujah. And it says, it says he had a heart that desired the things of God. See, the, the Word of God tells us that we have to guard our heart. Guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4, 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Okay, what the Bible is talking about, be careful about the desires that are in the, here. Because our heart can so easily be distracted, can be so easily distracted to, 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 to want things which please the flesh, which please our emotions, and give us some sense of uh, pleasure. And the heart is very... We have to guard against being uh, attracted to things which are not uh, God-honoring and God-glorifying. So we have to guard our hearts. David had a heart to please God. And we have to have a heart that that's the, our primary desire is to serve God and not man or even serve ourselves. And so I want to just talk a little bit about... What are, what, what are some of the characteristics of, of, of a person who, whose life is being uh, changed by the power of God's Holy Spirit that, that we may uh, have a character that's like the Lord Jesus Christ? Okay. Um, you see, it's, it's, so it's so possible to, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ for, for what we can get out of it. In verse in, in uh, the Gospel of Luke, verse twenty uh, fourteen, chapter fourteen, and verse twenty-five, it says the large crowds were following Jesus because they saw the great things that he could do for them. Jesus told them, 
that it was true that he could do great things for them, but they needed to count the cost of following him. You see, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, it will cost us. It will cost you and me. If we want to follow the Lord, nothing that we have, nothing that we desire must hinder us from being obedient to him and to his will and purposes for our lives. It's a very challenging life, isn't it? You know, I laugh sometimes when, um, you know, sort of uh, people who don't know the Lord and, uh, and don't understand the things of God, they say, oh, you know, Christianity is a crutch. It's just something that, you know, you, you, you lean upon, okay? Uh, but it, it's not meaningful. I want to tell you, it costs something. It costs something to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing that we have or desire must hinder us from obeying <coughs> uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if we will only be successful, we will only be successful in what God has called us to if we allow the heart of Christ to be developed in us. We need, be, we need to be changed, amen? What did Paul, Paul say? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, uh, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things have passed away, and all things have become new. Amen. Hallelujah. And so David was a man after God's own heart. David knew that if he chose God's way, God could use his situation for a blessing. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that? If you choose God's way, no matter what you may be going through, no matter what difficulty you may face, okay, God could <coughs> use this situation for a blessing. And, you know, just what we're going through now, how many believe that what we're going through now, God can use for a blessing in our lives? God can use it for a blessing in our lives. But only if our eyes are on him. Mm-hmm. You see, in the, old, the song that we sing sometimes, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth. The things of earth. What is happening around us? Those things which are happening around us right now and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. They become diminished. They become less of a challenge in our lives in the light of his glory and his grace. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's above all things. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many things I, I could <coughs> continue to, to share with you. I'm going to just go through something. Amen? Okay. Wow. Let me just find it. Okay. We need to build our lives. In a, and the only way we can build this type of life, this character, uh, this char the character of the Lord Jesus Christ to become in this, we have to have the right ingredients. Um, I come across a, a, an interesting illustration. It says, a, a mound can be built of sand and stones, mixed with water, and a sandcastle elected with temporary splendor. But without the ingredient of concrete mixed in, the sand and stone will only just last until they meet the rain, wind, or waves. Mm -hmm. And it says, in the same way, the spiritual facet of a man's nature must be mixed. And it's only the integration of spiritual understanding and so on that is able to 
make a, a man or a woman strong in the things of God. God has a plan to give us a hope and a future. Praise his name. Hallelujah. And, the, and so when we, as, as we seek to develop Christian character in our lives, uh, there are questions we need to ask ourselves. Is God really important in my life? Is God really important in my life? Amen? <laughs> Is what, what he wants more important than what I want? I know this sometimes, you know, breaking down the difference between the two, okay, is difficult. But the point is, if we're walking with the Lord, if we're in his word, if we spend time in prayer and so on, these things become easier to distinguish. Is seeking to know God my number one priority? Mm -hmm. Is being in God a priority for you this morning? Use an important principle. We need to understand this morning that there is, that as far as God is concerned, as far as the things of God is concerned, there is no division between the sacred and the secular. There is no division between the sacred and the secular. God must be involved, must be part of every aspect of my life. My involvement in whatever it is in, in the world outside of my church uh, 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 activities, God must be involved in all those activities. And it means that when I go to work in the morning, I, 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 I present myself to God and I ask God to be with me through that and that God to, to, to help me even in my work. The Word of God says that we're to do everything. We're to do everything as unto the Lord. A Christ-like character, a Christ-like character means there's no division between sacred and secular. Every part of my life, every part of my life being full of God, whether in church, at work, in the home, everywhere I do, I do it as an act of worship. Everything I do is an act of worship. Wow. My work, yes. It's an act of worship. It's a, I, because I'm doing it to, uh, to honor and glorify God. And I bring the values of the gospel. I bring the values of the things of God into whatever I am doing. I, 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 I bring honesty. I bring integrity. Uh, uh, I bring truthfulness which are God principles into everything I'm doing. There is no division between the sacred and the secular. I'm determined to believe and to live in a way that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is my life. I cannot live without him. I cannot live without him. Christ is my life. Christ is my friend. Christ is my prophet. He is my captain. He is my treasure. He is my support. And praise God this morning for the fact that the more I commit to him, the more I become like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. And one of the most important things in that is the essence of salvation is the denial of self. The denial of self. 
not the affirming of self. Wow. Wow, that's important. Go into the epistle of uh, the Philippians. It says, you know, we're to consider the Lord Jesus Christ, who, though he were equal with God, humbled himself and gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins. The essence of salvation is the denial of self because we are to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. He denied himself to bring salvation. We too must deny ourselves. And if we are to see God accomplish his purposes through us, we must come to a denial of self and come to a place of God-centeredness in our lives. You see, a self-centered trait, I want to consider some contrast between self-centered traits and God-centered traits. Self-centered traits, life is focused on self, proud of self and self's accomplishments, depending on self-abilities, affirming ourselves, seeking to be acceptable to the world and its ways, looking at circumstances from a human perspective, and ultimately selfish living. God-centered traits. A person who is living in a way that reflects the character and life of the Lord Jesus Christ has a dependence upon God and his ability and his provision. It's a life focused on God and his activities. Humility, denying self, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, seeking God's perspective in every circumstance, holy and godly living. See, uh, we've already talked about this briefly. God-centeredness requires a daily death of self and submission to God. God's, it's about God's purpose, not our plans. And so to live a God-centered life, you must focus your life on God's purposes, not your own. Character is everything. <laughs> Character is everything. Character is not <coughs> about who you are when no one's looking. Character is about an openness before all a transparency, if you can call it, there's a word that's used a lot, a transparency. We are transparent before God. And our desire is not to live for ourselves, but our desire is to live for God. And that should make a difference in the world around about us. And so let me ask you this, May. What is our people out there seeing in you that is reflective of the character of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because that is what God is calling us to be. Amen? God is calling us to be. And so no, no, it's not about me and, what, and, and, and uh, what I am. It's about who he is. Amen? Now, it may be about who he is through me, because that is how he works in the world today. But ultimately, my heart and my focus is not on myself and my glory, my focus is upon God and his glory and, and, and honoring and glorifying his name. Amen? And that's the character I want. Amen? 
And what, what greater what greater accomplishment is there in life than to have people say, "I see Jesus in you." I think that's one of the greatest accomplishments that we can ever in have in life is for people to uh, be able to recognize that it, that, and, and for us to be able to say, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for that this morning. Amen. Let's just stand together. Just remember where we started this morning through the words of Jesus, okay, that when we get up there, when we get up there, God is not concerned what we may even have done in his name. God, as God will have been looking at things at a deeper level all through my life. And my acceptance in his presence will be depend not about those outward things that I play, claim to have accomplished, but who I have been and, and what my, my, uh, where my heart has been and whether I have been uh, committed to doing the will of the Father. Amen? Whether I've been obedient in the things of God and that I, I've not been looking for my own glory, I've not been looking to, for recognition of even my own ministry, but I've been looking to glorify and honor God. Amen? Because a lot of these things that we mentioned, a lot of these ministries that, that we may be seeing out there, I don't know, and I want, don't want to judge anybody this morning, but I trust that whatever they're doing, it's not because they are able to say, look at me, I've got a big TV ministry, or I've got this ministry. I pray that their heart is right before God, and that it is for God's glory and not for their glory. Amen? And it's not to come... It, it, it's not so that they can say, God is blessing me and I've got a mansion and I've got an aeroplane and I've got all that. I want to tell you, if that's what their, 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 their aim is, then they, they're going to face God one day. <laughs> and, and God is going to be the judge, not man. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. And so we want to be a people that honor God and put God first in every area of our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. Father, we, we read in your word that your grace is sufficient for us. And Father, we don't want to, in any way this morning, we don't want in any way to feel uh, uh, challenged in, in a negative way regarding the, the truth of your word. But Father, I pray that by the help of your Holy Spirit, the truth of your word will, will, will just grip our hearts and minds this morning and that we will, uh, Lord, uh, develop a, a desire to know you in a greater way in these days. That we will have a desire, Lord, to honor you and to please you in every aspect of our lives, whether it's uh, when we're going about our, our daily responsibilities during the week, whether it's at church, Father, there is a desire in our hearts simply to honor and glorify your name, which is above every name. We thank you, Father, this coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Father, we want to bow that knee right now. 
Your word tells us, Father, that uh, uh, um, that if man will not praise you, you're able to raise up the stones of the ground to praise you. Father, we don't want to be the ones that uh, neglect honoring you and worshiping you this morning. We want to glorify you. We don't want uh, you to have to call upon the stones. We are going to do it. We're going to honor you. We're going to worship you. We're going to praise you because you are worthy of all our praise and all our, our honor. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, character is everything. Amen.